great job, guys. Now, let me ask you a question. Wouldn't you rather watch Julie than Mick Jagger? Huh? Huh? <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Gosh. If you would rather uh, watch Mick Jagger, we need see me for counseling, okay? Um, as I said, song was recorded in late 19, November, actually, of 1968. Mick Jagger says that was one of, his, the greatest, one, of the, one of the greatest songs that he felt like he ever had written, and, um, which is uh, kind of interesting. And Marianne Faithful, who was a pop, eh, mediocre pop star of the 60s and 70s, had a few mediocre hits, um, but was probably more well-known for being Mick Jagger's girlfriend at the time. She says that song was written for her uh, during her drug abuse and drug problem days. Uh, he wouldn't say that, but that's what she says. Um, song, of course, as I mentioned, is played in the, in the movie The Big Chill, be, re- received more acclaim there. And really, you may, it may sound familiar to some of you who've never heard it before because it's been in a commercial this year, 2004, on the Coke commercial, uh, which is the one that has the low-cal, low-carb commercial, the new uh, whatever it's called, uh, C32 or CPO3 or something, whatever it is. But, um, and that's where you might have heard it mo- most recently. And in truth, in my worldview, um, this could really be a Christian song, if you wanted to call it such, such a thing, because so many who decide to be followers and, 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 and commit their lives and decide to follow Christ um, sometimes think that because they are quote-unquote Christians or because they are now following Jesus, and that's part of their, their journey and so forth, that they can get whatever they need by going to God. Now, most of us are sophisticated enough to, to think that that doesn't mean that we can have whatever we need in terms of, of uh, uh, you know, there, there's a small group of in the Christian circles and mostly on television that, who say, you know, that we call it the health and wealth uh, doctrine where they say if you have enough faith, you can have all the, all the great health that you ever need and all the good stuff that you'll ever want. Most of us are intelligent enough to figure that's not quite the way it really works. But many times when we come to faith in Christ, some of us have thought, well, that means I'm supposed to be totally fulfilled all the time and not have any wants or not have any needs. Or whatever they are, they will be met by God. Um, and unfortunately, that's not always true. For our purposes this morning, I'm going to be using two words. I'm, I'm very familiar with the definitions of these words. I'm not redefining them, but I'm going to be using them interchangeably as synonyms. So just work with me on this uh, for the purpose of clarity. I'm going to be using contentment and fulfillment in the same manner. Trust me, I understand the differences if you want to look up the Webster definition, but, but I want you just to kind of track with me on this for a moment because I want to try to make a point with that. So when we talk about contentment, and that's basically my theme, learning contentment, I'm also going to be, as a synonym, using the word fulfillment. And those of us many times who have come to faith in Christ will say something like, I should always be content, I should always be fulfilled because I'm a Christian. About a week ago, I had the opportunity, and I'm going to be careful with this little story because we have CDs, and we're, I'm also on the web, on our website, and, and I'm, we're grateful for those opportunities, but sometimes some of my stories come back to me a little, little, little twisted, a little spun, a little different than the way I told them, and I'm thinking, how do they ever hear that? So I've got to be a little careful with this because this, this guy is a very close friend of mine, okay? 
and I love him dearly. And he know, he's going to hear this, and that's fine, but I want to make sure I don't get this distorted. Uh, about a week ago, I was with a friend uh, when I was uh, in the South, um, and I don't want to really say the city. And, uh, I, and I knew that he and his wife had just built a new home. And, and I was, really wanted to see it. He's done very well. He's done very well. And uh, so I knew it would be a pretty spectacular home. Now, I need to tell you this as sort of an interjection. And I don't say this in a boastful manner. It's just where I've been and so forth. It's pretty hard to impress me when it comes to homes. I mean, I've lived 20, 25 years uh, between Vail, Colorado, and, and in the suburbs of D.C., uh, Arlington and McLean, if you know anything about that, and, and then, of course, here. I've seen, I've seen some pretty nice homes, and I've enjoyed being with friends in some of their nice homes. So, you know, you see a really cool house that's just huge and, you know, 10 or 15,000 square feet and has all the other stuff. It, it, you see one of those, and you see two of those, and you see ad infinitum. You get a little, I guess, conditioned, if that's, if that's a good term to use for that. So it's kind of hard to blow me away. And I was, my friend I dearly love wanted to show me their new home. And he can't, because he's so sensitive, he just can't do that with anybody. Because he would be, run the risk of sounding, you know, a little ostentatious or being a little, um, you know, show off or whatever. But he knew that it didn't bother me. And that he, he really wanted it. And I wanted to see it. Because I love him. And I, I rejoice with him for his, how God has blessed him and has the ability to, to, to build a home like this. So anyway, and everything was fine. And, you know, it didn't bother me that that we went through the garage and, and I saw his new Ferrari. It didn't bother me. Um, the Carrera, the Porsche Carrera he used to have whenever I would be back in the days when I was traveling more with some ministry things, he would always give me his Porsche to drive around. And I noticed that I didn't have the Porsche to drive around if I were to happen to go to that town, which I don't have time to do anymore. But anyway, that didn't bother me um, too much. And, and then we were showing me the house, and it was a great house, and they have just done, I mean, it's those of you who, who, who live in short hills or some of that have really nice houses. I mean, it's just right up there with anything that you might have or, or friends might have. So it's just a really, really cool place. And I'm just thinking, this is great. You know, this is nice. I'm so glad that you have this. But then he took me, and he did this on purpose. He took me to his home theater. And I've been in many home theaters. I mean, I've been in many home theaters. And, you know, the first one I saw, I was blown away with after that. You're kind of like, okay, it's a home theater. That's great. I'm glad for you. But I hadn't been in a home theater like this. I really haven't. And, I mean, if you only knew some of the places, I've been in some celebrities' homes. I've been in some pretty spectacular places. But this was a home theater. And uh, it's like, just to give you a quick description, it's about the size of what you would have at Summit or Milburn. Those theaters, you know, where you walk in and your feet stick to the floor. Uh, it's about that size. Um, you know what I mean. And um, had four rows of, of stadium theater seating. Um, the difference was these were leather seats, and they were lazy boys that popped out. And he had a huge screen, bigger than this, about like the Milburn or Summit Theater screen. Only it was high-definition TV. And we turned on the Yankees-Red Sox game that night. And you could see Pedro the Punk Martinez nose hair. And, uh, I mean, you, you, you literally could. Sorry, Boston fans, you know how I feel. And, um, 
I mean, you know, that's not necessarily a sight you want to see. Pedro's nose there. But, I mean, it was that finely tuned. And the, the thing that hit me as I was sitting there watching the game was just on the regular shots, not the slow-mos or anything else. The thing that hit me is that I could watch. You know how to do that shot when you're watching baseball from center field and, and you can see the pitcher and, and so forth? I could see just in regular, regular time speed, I could see the, the, the spin of the threads on the baseball which sometimes they do that in slow-mo and you can see it on TV, but I mean, I could just see, I could see everything about that. I was, just, I was just like, wow. And the thought occurred to me. You know, if I had this, I think I could be happier. <laughs> I mean, it did. I think I could be more content. I think I could, I could have a little more fulfillment in life. Um, so we're trying to do some different things in our basement. But anyway, and that's another story. But <laughs> anyway, um, it won't be a home theater. But, but you know, isn't that the way it works? We, we deal with this contentment thing, and then something new comes along. But for some people, it might not be a home theater. For some people, it might just be a new car. Or a new home, or a new wife, or a new husband, or different kids. God, if you could just change them, my life would be so much more fulfilled and so much more, I'd be so much more contented. We're lying if we don't say that every now and then, in one form or another, something like that hits us. And that's why I like this song so much. You can't always get what you want, but sometimes you get what you need. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about that. Before we get to some of the Bible things that I want you to see, let me just get you some, some thoughts from some authors and some thinkers throughout history. One author put it this way, ultimately, <clears throat> excuse me, ultimately, contentment is more a shift in attitude than a change in circumstances. Ultimately, contentment is more a shift in attitude than a change in circumstances. That's a good, that's a good thought. Charles Dickens put it this way in the 1800s. Cheerfulness and contentment are great beautifiers and are, look at this, are famous preservers of youthful looks. I, I, I really like that. You ever seen, ever gotten to know someone who's just had a real hard life and they've never really had contentment or fulfillment in any form in their life? I mean, some of these people look like they have been, as the old country saying, ridden hard and put up wet, you know? Um, that comes from what you do sometimes to horses, if you, in case you're wondering. Um, um, some people, and, and, and because of that whole thing, cheerfulness and contentment are great beautifiers. They are. They are. Um, Plato, the great thinker, put it this way. Now, this is a great thought. Wealth is the parent of luxury and indolence and poverty of meanness and viciousness, look at this, and both of discontent. In other words, wealth and poverty, both, are the root causes, oftentimes, of discontent. So if you think, well, if I just had more, I wouldn't be discontent. Not, 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 not so. Are you going to tell me people who have everything they want have no discontent in their life? Some of you know what that feels like. By the way, all these quotes, if you're trying to get them down, they're all going to be on the website later today, and they usually are, so just so you'll know. Um, so here's what I want to do. I want to hang a few of my comments that I have to make around a couple of main thoughts 
give you some thoughts about that, give you, give you some, some of the, what the scriptures teach about that, and then I'm going I'm to close it all out in just a couple of minutes with just some food for thought as you leave. Now, that's where, that's where the, the meat of it will be. So here's my first thought that I want you to see, my first comment, and that is this. We can experience seasons of fulfillment. We can. That's another way of saying that there will be times when we won't have fulfillment in our lives. There will be those dark nights, sometimes sleepless, sometimes in the middle of the night when you wake up and you say, I'm not fulfilled, I'm not content. Those times will happen. But there also will be times in the world in which we do live, in which which we will have some of those seasons of fulfillment. More on that in a moment. The second thought that I want you to see here is this. Fulfillment or contentment or getting what I want can often be elusive. I mean, how many times have you gotten something that you wanted? Maybe it was a particular position. Yeah, this is what I've been working for, and this is the income level that I wanted, and this is this, and, and, and this is now I'm able to buy that that thing, that house, that car, both, all three, another one, whatever it happens to be. And then all of a sudden you wake up some night and you say, you know, I've done all this and I've had all this, but it's still not working. It's still not happening. Many times you've experienced that. You don't have to have a lot or a little to experience it. This is a classless thing. Don't care where you are in the economic bracket or the, socio, uh, or the social scale. Sometimes that's me. I change. Sometimes I have false, false expectations. Sometimes, sometimes it's the world in which I live. Life gives me one of those knuckleballs. I don't know where it's coming from, and I don't know where it's going, and I don't know what happened. You know? Um, now, here's, here's one of the things I'm trying to kind of counter, and that is this, and I'm going to put it for you on the screen, all right? Only the senseless, the naive, and the extremely shallow will say, hey, Everything's great. Life is wonderful. I'm totally fulfilled every day of my life in every day and in every way. Don't let that person around me, okay? Because I can't hit a three iron, but I can hit them with a three iron. I mean, that is, that is just, I mean, that's just so inane. And it's deceptive, and it's lying, and it's denial. And we all know people at times, I have known people. Let me just speak for myself at times, who are like that, all in the name of Jesus. Hey, I know Jesus, and everything's great. Well, I'm happy for you. Does that mean everything's great in your life, and your kids are perfect, and your husband or wife is always wonderful, and, you know, come on. You know, I was born, but not yesterday. Um, now, there's a reason. I want you to show you. There's a reason that we won't always feel contented or fulfilled. There's a reason I want you to see this, and I'm building a case here, and I haven't gotten to the Bible verses on these things yet, but I'm going to get to there. Before I do, though, I'm going to show you, uh, I'm going to show you something in just a moment. It's not Bible, but it's darn close. It's C.S. Lewis, okay? And uh, gives you some idea of my views of his writings, and he's just outstanding. And before we read this, this, this is going to give you an understanding, I think. I think it reflects biblical truth, just for the record. Um, it's going to give you an understanding of why oftentimes we don't have fulfillment or contentment on this life and in this life and on the things we have. So let me just show you this. Um, It's kind of a long thing, so stick with me on this. This is C.S. Lewis. Creatures are not born with desires unless unless, unless satisfaction for those desires exist. A baby feels hunger. Well, there's such a thing as food. 
A duckling wants to swim. When? Well, there's such a thing as water. If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. If none of my earthly pleasures satisfy it, that does not prove that the universe is a fraud. Probably earthly pleasures were never meant to satisfy it, but only to arouse it, to suggest the real thing. If that is so, I must take care on the one hand never to despise or be unthankful for these earthly blessings, and on the other, never to mistake them for the something else of which they are only a kind of copy or echo or mirage. Now watch this. Our whole being, by its very nature, is one vast need, incomplete, preparatory, empty, yet cluttered, crying out for him who can untie things that are now knotted together and tie up things that are still dangling loose. Our whole being, and its very nature, is one vast need, crying out for him who can untie things that are now knotted together and tie up things that are still dangling loose. Being in a world that is fallen, that is broken, and being one of those broken parts of that world, as I am, as you are, while once we come to faith in Christ, we might experience glimpses and, and times of fulfillment and contentment, it won't always be that way. And to think so is just wrong and dangerous and causes people to have a whole screwed up view of God. If you, don't, if you can't relate, there's a great song. I don't, I, I, I'll, little, little grace here, okay? There's a great song. I haven't seen the play yet, but, um, so I can't yay or nay it. But there's a great song in Avenue Q. You know what it is, don't you? If you've ever heard it, the song goes like this. I won't sing it to you. I'll just give you the line. If you're offended, deal with it. It sucks to be me. Okay? That's the name of the song. It sucks to be me. And I'm thinking, there are times when I could sing that song. And if you're honest, you could probably say the same thing. There are times when I could sing that song. You know, that's true. You say, yeah, but... What if I'm one of those people who've come to faith? You know what? That's terrific. And, and by God's grace, you will experience some wonderful times of fulfillment and contentment, but you're still living in a broken world, and you're still a broken person under construction. That's terrific. But you're still not there yet, and you won't be till you go home to be with, with God. Let me show you two passages of Scripture. I've been wanting to get to these, and let me get to them quickly here because I've I've taken too long to get to them. Philippians chapter 4, verse 12, all right? I know what it is to be, this is the Apostle Paul talking here. He says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Watch this. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, that's a verse... Maybe some of you have heard, because it's a verse that's quoted in many places. It's quoted many times in positive mental attitude type seminars and so forth. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in one translation. 
Um, but here's what's interesting to me about that verse. And one of the things, and I, I, don't talk, I don't harp on this too much anymore, but one of the great things when I first started um, studying in earnest the Bible and went to college and stuff to learn how to be, you know, all the theological stuff, uh, to work on a degree in theology and, and Bible and so forth, which I have. One of the things that I really enjoyed so much was learning for the first time the context of a lot of verses. As a result of that, it's, even though it's been 25, almost 30 years, um, I still take some of those tools to the Bible when I read the Bible, when I'm preparing something like this. And one of the things that just hits me right between the eyes is, while we use that verse, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, the context is huge. The context is all in this whole spectrum of, I can be content in good times, I can be content in bad times, I can be content whether I win or whether I lose, or whether, you know, whatever. I've learned that secret. That's what he says. I've learned that secret. I love the way he says that. I've learned the secret of being content. In any and every situation. What is that secret? I can do all things through Christ. The context of that verse to me is fantastic. Because that's the one area where I have the hardest time. Is finding fulfillment all the time. And contentment. To be able to go to God and say openly and honestly before God, God, I'm not feeling too good right now. I don't really like what's going on. Frankly, God, I'm not real happy with you right now either. You know, and, and you know what, that's... That's honesty. And God, pray like, talk to God like. David did. Read the Psalms. David said, God, what are you doing? A couple of times. He was a little more profane than that. See, so the whole, the whole gist of this passage is, you know what? I've no good. I've no bad. I've had this. I've learned this. What's the secret? The secret is a trust in God. Hang on to that thought. We're going to come back to it. Let me show you one other passage from Proverbs chapter 30. This is one of my favorite. Don't, don't put it up there yet, Scotty. Go back. Um, this is one of my favorite. Well, I started to say, this is one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. Okay, and it comes from King Agur, and, and uh, it is just powerful stuff. It is powerful stuff. So it's a prayer. All right? So beam it up, Scotty. All right, here we go. I have been waiting for weeks to say that, all right? I've been waiting for weeks to say that. You people didn't even catch it. Okay. Beam it up, Scotty. Here we go. Uh, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 7. Some people are still going, huh, 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 huh. Star Trek, folks, Star Trek. All right. Um, oh, God, I beg two favors from you before I die. Watch this. This is his prayer. First, help me never to tell a lie. That's a good prayer. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, who is God? Who is the Lord? If I'm too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. Just for the record, rich and poverty, riches and poverty are relative words. This is written by a king, so it's not like this guy was scrimping, scrimping for food. So wherever your lot in life, just, just make that application. Two things, Lord, help me never to lie, but help me not to have too little or too much. Because I want to trust you. Let me show you a couple of precepts. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up with these two things. They're very important. I call it take out food for thought. Here they are. First thing is this. One of the ways that I'm going to counterbalance this whole thing of the lack of contentment and fulfillment is a rationally grounded, deep-seated trust in God. You say, what do you mean by a rationally grounded, deep-seated faith? I mean this. I mean trusting God to give you the needed internal spiritual kutzpah for each circumstance that comes your way. 
Okay, trusting God for that. And, and, you know, sometimes we have to do that, sometimes more than others. That may mean strength for times when everything just seems upside down in my family or in my business. That may mean strength to get the right focus, which sometimes is a process. God, help me to have the right focus. It often doesn't come right then. It's a process sometimes. That may mean strength to just get through the day. You ever felt like that? God, just help me get through the day. You know, that, may, that may be part of that deep-seated, what I call that rational, that rational deep-seated trust or faith in God. And, and here's what I'm getting at. When I say rational, it's not rational to say, oh, I believe in God. Everything's going to be great. Hey, hey, hey. You know, give me a break. What do you do? Throw, check your brain at the door. I mean, I mean that's, and I don't, I don't mean to challenge people's sincerity because I can't do that. But sometimes that seems a little too trite. Sometimes it misses the whole process of the wrestling that's going on internally. And we shortchange that. And that's part of the journey. That's part of the, that's part of the old nasty brick walls that makes things beautiful, isn't it? Those of you who weren't here a few weeks ago, and the, the, the Sunday before we had our grand opening, I drew the parallel of one of the great things about this place is incorporating the old, the 1892 brick wall with the new to make to show you that we don't, we don't cover up the past. We don't cover up the beat up, nasty stuff. We incorporate it, and when it's done the right way, it's all a thing of beauty, and that is as true in your life as it is with any building. We can't miss that. Rationally grounded, deep-seated trust in God. Um, Augustine put it like this. Thou hast created for thyself... Uh, excuse me, though, though, thou, yeah, thou hast created for us for thyself. I didn't see that back then. Thou hast created us for thyself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Thou hast created us for thyself, for our hearts are restless until they, they rest in you. Um, I think there's a misspelled word there, but that came from a quote book, and I, I, it just... Get the, get the, get the capture of the, the thought of that. God has created us for him, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in God. Here's what I want you to see on this. That's an important issue. You were made for God, whether you recognize that or not. You were made to have a relationship with God. When we come to God in faith, through Jesus, and recognize that Christ came for us and, and, and went to the cross and suffered and died and went to the tomb and rose again. And we say, God, I want to come to you through Christ. That is the beginning. Does that mean that life forever, ever, and ever on, happily ever after, will be fulfilling and content and we will get what we want internally at least? Eh, wrong answer. No. Because we're still fallen people living in, a, living in a fallen world. That's the beginning. That's the only hope we do have. The only fulfillment we will ever have is when we rationally put our trust in God and say, God, still some things I don't understand. And I'll help you with this. There'll be still some things you'll never understand in this life. Some things I'm still working on. I got a long ways to go, I realize. But there's still some things like that for all of us. 
when we come to understand that and put our trust in God, and I believe through Christ, we are able to experience, as C.S. Lewis put it, echoes, glimpses of what fulfillment in God is. But will we have it all the time? No, we won't. That's part of the journey. Don't get mad, don't get angry, and don't say, oh man, it's supposed to be this way or it's supposed to be this way. So many times as a pastor, I've had people over the years come to me and say, you know, I did what you told me I should do. I trusted God. And you know what? My life isn't any better. And I'm like, what did you expect to happen? Just, everything's going to be just perfect now. I mean, this isn't isn't magic. You know, we still deal with what we have. But when we know God... We have the means to allow God to work in our hearts, to work in our lives, to change hearts, to change our lives, for us to become more of what we ought to be. Will that happen overnight? No. Will that happen in a year? No. That's part of the process, and it's a great process. Let me show you the last thing. Because when this happens, not only is there just this rationally grounded, deep-seated faith in God, but there is this other thing that we've got to look at, and that's what Proverbs talks about. This phenomenally grateful heart. A phenomenally grateful heart. In other words, here's the deal. I'm able to enjoy, but not need. You get a nice home theater, back to my opening illustration. You get a nice home theater, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you don't need it. You got a nice car. I'm proud for you. I hope you enjoy it. And I told my friend this, and I know he will because he's got the right perspective. I hope you guys just enjoy the heck out of this house and just love every minute of it. And he even told me this. He says, yeah, as long as I don't need it. Isn't that the truth? That's, That's gratefulness wherever we are. When I start needing stuff or needing my husband or wife to be that or be this or my kids, this, then I'm in trouble. That's why God talks about just being thankful. And that's what that whole Proverbs prayer is about. Don't give me too much. Don't give me too little. I just want to appreciate what I have. Let me show you one last quote. It comes from a great book. Don't show it yet. It comes from a great book. The book is entitled Codependent No More, How to Stop Controlling Others and Start Caring for Yourself. It's a great book. Uh, Melanie Beatty wrote that, and you can pick it, look it up on Amazon.com. But um, Here's here's a quote from that book that's really cool. You ready? Here it is. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion into clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. The key, gratitude. That is so good. So do you get what you want sometimes? Does God have the ability to give you everything you need? Yes, he does. But we still live in a broken world with broken people. And I'm one of them. And one of the things that I want you to take out of this thing is this. You know, when we talk about getting what you want, I, I just, or fulfillment or contentment, I just wish I could just give you a formula. Here you go. Five easy steps to contentment and fulfillment. I wish I could do that. And there have probably been a few times when I've probably done that with some Scripture verses and so forth. But it's not that simple. It's not a formula. There's a process. And it begins when we trust God. And it continues. You're waiting for the end. 
<laughs> it's not going to happen in this lifetime. But it's part of the joy of just that journey of knowing God. Trust God. Have a, have a phenomenal, rational, thought-out trust in God. And, be, and just be phenomenally thankful for what you... And enjoy. Enjoy whatever you got. Enjoy whoever they are. Enjoy. But you only need one thing. It's God and a relationship with him.